Hello and welcome to the show. This is Unbossed and I'm Nina Turner, your your host. And in the co-host seat today, cuz you know it's Friday, it's Mayor Mondale Robinson Friday. He is in the co-host seat today. Mayor, so great to have you here per usual on Unbossed. Good to be back. I missed yeah. you last Friday. Any any observations you want to share with the people? Um, just that uh, Cuba since 1973 has been giving black and brown people free health care um, in a country that this world calls poor and we can't do it in this super rich country. So mm. somebody cares about black people over here, just not this country. Say that. Now y'all, America, wrap your mind around that. That's the truth now. You might just go and say, ouch. <laughs> that is it, man. And you know what I'm thinking about? This is actually the Friday before that intergalactic holiday known as Mother's Day. I mean, it's intergalactic. I mean, it's, it's all intergalactic. I love that. <laughs> all over the universe. So, I do want to take the opportunity to wish all the mothers a very, very happy Mother Day, Mother's Day. Indeed. Yeah, I don't want. I gotta do that. So here we go. Uh, this update right here about Jordan Neely, his killer has finally been arrested. Daniel Penny has now surrendered to police to face a charge of second degree manslaughter in New York City. On May the 1st, Penny placed Jordan Neely in a chokehold on the F train, ultimately killing him. Now you can see from this footage that Daniel Penny is being led out of the police station in handcuffs after his arrest. Now, as a reminder, here is what happened on that day in the subway car. Shortly after 2 p.m. on May the 1st, Neely walked into the F train at the Second Avenue station and began shouting that he was hungry and thirsty. I don't have food, I don't have a drink, I'm fed up, Neely screamed. I don't mind going to jail and getting life in prison. I'm ready to die. Uh, this reporting is coming from the Washington Post. That's when Penny pinned Neely to the ground and placed him in a chokehold. Video of the May 1st fatal chokehold sparked outrage from uh, everyday people to activists to elected officials. It also sparked protests. As we also know, uh, Penny, or excuse me, uh, Neely was an impersonator of Michael Jackson, and he did that on a regular basis. Now, people were demanding that Daniel Penny, 24, be arrested and charged with the killing. We have comments via Twitter from Congresswoman Ocasio Cortez, who tweeted the following Jordan Neely was murdered, but because Jordan was houseless and crying for food in a time when the city is raising rents and stripping services to militarize itself. While many in power demonize the poor, the murderer gets protected with passive headlines plus no charges. It is disgusting. But some have pointed out that Penny shouldn't be punished because of Neely's past. And per ABC Local News 15, this headline, Nilly assault victim on chokehold controversy, the Marine shouldn't be punished. And here's more on that particular victim, Philemon Castillo Batsar, 68 years old, who was assaulted by Neely on the subway in 2019, told the New York Daily News that he wasn't sure if what the Marine did was right. 
but insisted he should not be arrested. Now it is important to note that Neely suffered from mental illness. He was unhoused, he was tired, he was hungry. He said as much as he entered that F train. Neely struggled to get help in the city and this city actually set him up for failure. He was failed from the start like the Guardian article points out right here with this headline. It's a failure of the system before Jordan nearly was killed, he was discarded. The young New Yorker who lived with severe mental illness was known to hospitals, police and social services. Why did they fail him? And what we do know for sure, no matter on what side of this you come in on, he did not deserve to die that day. There were no reports, Mayor, of him being violent in that moment. Uh, certainly he has a past, the media made sure we knew his past before we knew anything about Penny. And constantly referring to him as a Marine is a way to psychologically get into the heads of people so that they make, so that they cast a judgment, in my opinion, that nearly an unhoused, hungry, thirsty, poor, young black man is not as deserving as this white man Marine. I mean, that's exactly what they're doing. And Mayor, look, I'm not, you know, nearly those those charges and, and the things that the reports are saying he did, he went to jail for those things. You know, he he served time for those things. No, it was not right for him nearly to put his hands on anybody. Ain't nobody justifying that. At the same time, it was not right for him to be choked out and killed on May the 1st. Listen, um, this is this to me. You said something that was extremely powerful. It was in the article as well from the Guardian. Uh, the system fail may be the only incorrect statement. The system still is failing this man, even in the afterlife. The fact that his murderer was charged with second degree instead of premeditated first degree murder, um, and I think people can say what they want to, but this is a premeditated murder. You sat there and listened to him act, and as a Marine, you know exactly what that chokehold will do. You know what the intentions are. So just because you're acting out of passion or your anger does not erase the fact that this was a deliberate act and you continue to choke him even when his body was motionless. This is a murder, this is not a manslaughter. And I think people, people, just as you said, are making this something smaller than what it really is. This is a white man waiting to attack this black man. This is a perfect opportunity. Any person that sits and wait and act in a vigilante method in this way is a murderer. And you can't get past that, especially especially with his history. So as they talk about Jordan's history, they need to be talking about this man being a Marine and what is taught when we are going through training. Cuz I went through that training, I am a Marine. When you go through the training, they tell you what lethal force is. You're trained to kill. Um, and, and I think this is, this is that should be playing against him, not for him. So every time I hear Marine, I'm hearing murder. Every time I hear Marine, I'm hearing murder. But I know what they're doing, just as you said, they're making white people more patriotic or make them feel like this was a patriotic act because he saved everybody on that train. He didn't save anybody on that train. A person's past cannot be brought into a, a current situation every time. If it is, then why do we have a justice system? And if we're gonna keep trying people over and over again, then that sounds like double jeopardy to me. And you're not a judge, you're not a jury. So you definitely can't choke someone or sentence them to death on a train car without a trial. So I absolutely am disgusted by what happened in this case. And to continue to bring up what he did in the past, as many articles have laid out, he was a known entity in New York by the officials 
that mattered most in terms of trying to get him care. Certainly it's not the police's job, that's not their job to get him care, but the social workers, um, the, the entire system itself really failed everybody uh, in this case. And Mayor, what do you say about, because you know I've been having conversations with people who are very close to me who feel as though the, the threat, like how one felt in the moment that Neely was there is important too. Like what one person deems a threat, another person might not deem a threat. And that if you if you are up in somebody's space, that they have a right to get you out of their space. Now, this person didn't say that, that Neely should have been choked out, but just they have endured encounters, if you will, that were very uncomfortable and troubling. And since that violence may happen, and that's why they're taking the position that they're taking. Any thoughts on, on people who may feel that way? Listen, then in that case, I should have the right to punch every police officer every time I get near them. Because I'm at threat, I mean, I, it, it may happen. I may be killed, I may be assaulted. I mean, this is the track record of police officers and black men in this country. So I think what we have to do is we have to understand that self-defense does apply to you and others in a situation. Self-defense does not give you the right to murder people. Uh, you, you can match energy, absolutely. He could have protected other people by holding this person, but you chose to choke this man out motionless. People told you while you were choking this man that he's no longer moving, it was on the video. Right, and you continue to choke him. So you're not matching energy with energy. So I, I hear people saying the right and the need for civilians to make sure that we are civil. Absolutely, I, I stand for that. But the idea that you kill someone and you know you're killing them, I'm not okay with that. A Marine is a professional murderer, whether we believe it or not. Whether we want to say it that way or not, that is the job of a Marine. One shot, one kill, that's what they tell us. Yeah. You are a deadly weapon. Every time a Marine raises their hand in the Marine Corps above their waist and attacks someone, it is assault. Even if you're just punt, poking at that person. So you know that person was well aware, that Marine was well aware that he was murdering someone. Well, Mary, thank you for sharing that, you know, that inside I me. Mean, you are a Marine and you understand. And I think a lot of people understand that. The way that the media though is framing this and have framed it from the beginning, it's almost as if if you're not almost as if we do treat the poor in this country as if they as as though their life is not worth as much. They are not as worthy. And you don't have to be have been an unhoused person like Neely was. Just the very nature of poverty is criminalized in the United States of America. And so while this directly affected Neely and also Penny, Neely's family, Penny's family, there's a global conundrum that we face right now in the United States of America and have for some time. And we keep being reminded over of it over and over again, which is quite sad. You know, the current mayor of New York is really using this situation to push his agenda. This headline right here, Adams says Jordan Neely's death proves need for forced hospitalizations. Merrick Mayor Eric Adam doubled down on a controversial policy that involuntarily hospitalizes New Yorkers who cannot meet their basic needs. Now, Mayor Adams stated the following, it is time to build a new consensus around what can and must be done for those living with serious mental illness and to take meaningful action despite resistance and pushback from those who misconstrue our intentions. You know, it would be nice for the mayor to go a little 
deeper in that because I can see this opening up an entire like going spiraling out of control like Pandora's box. And the police and Mayor, Mayor Robinson, I know you want to get in on this. I would the police did make a statement yesterday and that's the New York City police. We can confirm that Daniel Penny will be arrested on a charge of manslaughter in the second degree. We cannot provide any additional information until he has been arraigned in Manhattan criminal court, which we expect to take place tomorrow. So Mayor, I saw you you know, nodding your head, you wanted to get in here. So Mayor Adams is taking this tragedy and using it as a way to justify forced hospitalizations. It, it, I'm, when I hear him talk, first of all, this is the black Biden we're talking about, right? That's what he named himself. The Brooklyn Biden is what he called himself. Yeah. Um, but what I call him is a pro-choice, this is a, I mean, I'm not a pro-choice, I'm sorry. It's a, a pro-police uh, mayor um, and he's just wearing, and he has on black skin, which makes it more damning. I think this idea of forcing people, forced hospitalization is as barbaric and as stupid as policing in this country. I think this idea that we force people in hospitalization when we've not treated them, it's almost like when we're, when we're doing, sister, you know this, when we are protesting, we tell people the first step is not getting arrested. The first step is trying to negotiate. There are steps you lead to that leads to the, the arresting, the protesting, right? So after all those means fail, then we talk about it. But we've not, in this country, we've not properly cared for the mental ill people. So this idea that we're going back to force forcing people into hospitalization situations is ridiculous to me. It sounds like what's next? I mean, are we gonna start forcing people to sit in chairs and doing lobotomies? I think this is an absolutely disgusting, the fact that he can say this and have a Democrat beside his name talks about the problem of of the party and how big that tent is. So big that it lets in people that should be in the Republican party. I also wanna mention, you said something that is real. This idea that we have not taken care of homeless and we've made, we've otherized them so much that we, can't even see that we're not the only country with mental health illness. We just handle it incorrectly. Consider the fact that we blame all of our gun problems on mental health illness. So people are so watered down when they hear somebody having a mental health breakdown and we don't even know how to properly treat it. And it's disgusting that we call ourselves the greatest country on the planet. Yeah, the deeds don't match the words, that's for sure. We will definitely keep everybody posted on this story. It's sad all the way around. Another train derailment, I hate to say it, but here we go again. Another train derailment and it is unfortunately, it was near East Palestine, Ohio. Norfolk Sutherland train derails near East Palestine. No hazardous materials were reported, thank the Lord. At least that's what they're telling us. Train derailed in Newcastle, Pennsylvania, about 20 miles from East Palestine. And it's good to know that there were no hazardous materials on board. However, the question is, what is up with Norfolk Sutherland? Southern, I mean, what is up with Norfolk? I don't understand what's going on. Now, according to the reports, and here are some key points to those reports, nine cars from Norfolk train derailed in Newcastle, Pennsylvania on Wednesday night, according to local officials. The train was carrying soybeans and paraffin wax, according to the Lawrence County Department of Public Safety. The Newcastle Police and Fire Departments said no hazardous materials were released. Now a statement from Norfolk that the police department shared reads, at 11.59 p.m. Wednesday evening, nine cars derailed outside of Newcastle, Pennsylvania. There were no hazardous materials involved and no injuries have been reported. Our crews responded immediately and are actively working at 
at the site. Over 1,000 trains derail each year, and this is certainly unacceptable. It is a problem that we have in the United States of America. One train derailment is one too many. And it is really a problem that can be solved by reimagining and taking action on the rail system itself and having the proper oversight over these railroad companies, which heretofore has not happened. The rail industry has proven itself either unwilling or unable to do the right thing by its employees, by our environment. The only thing they are willing and willing and able to do is to do right by their stockholders. That Make no mistake, they do that 100% excellent. But when it comes to their workers, when it comes to caring about the environment, when it comes to infrastructure, not so much at all. The current and past presidential administrations have not put in the proper safeguards to secure rail, starting with the workers. And, you know, I got to say the same thing about the federal government either they're unwilling or unable to hold these people to account. And as many of you may recall, the Biden administration along with the 117th Congress stepped in the way of rail workers being able to go on strike for sick days. I mean, they stepped in the way. I mean, they put all their bodies and weight and there were very few elected officials in either chambers of that Congress who stood side by side with the rail workers. Mayor, your thoughts on this latest derailment? I mean, listen, we're looking at the reason we need unionized workers, more of them on the train. This is why we need two engineers. This is why these people need time off. This is why they need pay sick leave. This is why they need maternity and paternity leave. This is absolutely disgusting. And what the world will tell you, and in most cases it's true, that paraffin wax is not dangerous. But we all know it has a low, it's made from saturated hydrocarbons, right? So it has a low melting point. A low melting point, and it tells you even when you're using it, you should not use it at a temperature higher than 125. So when you're melting it to put it on your skin, if you go over 125, it could be dangerous, especially for people with high blood pressure. So if we're thinking about a train that derailed fire, we're talking about extreme high temperatures. And also it's a petroleum product. So this idea that even this chemical that we use for skin problems can be a danger. And I think the fact that we're talking about it like it's not is all about, that's all of the spin that happens around this stuff. We're putting this chemical out there. We don't know what could have happened with that fire. It could have been extremely dangerous for people that have high blood pressure, skin irritation, or sensitive skin, or sensitive any chemicals. Like I said, it is a petroleum product. So the idea that even this continues to happen with this company. And and we know we know there's dangers in, in train. Nine cars come off a track anyway by itself is a danger, right? On top of that, we see that they're carrying things that are not, not dangerous in traditional use, but mixed with the heat from a, flame, a train crash. And you got a serious problem for anybody with chemical skin sensitivities. And I think that is ridiculous that we're not talking about why we need unions and they keep putting it in our face. This is why you need unions. Definitely need unions, need the federal government to act. And Mayor, you bring up some very good points. I know there were some reports of things seeping into the water. Once again, you know, the water ain't there to absorb every rotten thing that we do as human beings and, and not care. I mean, you just laid out what could happen to people. What about the wildlife? How does that paraffin impact mother nature? 
And not just us, I mean, we got a whole ecosystem that we need to care about. And we've definitely shown a disregard for the ecosystem, God knows. So thank you for bringing up those points, Mayor. Now about 50 cars, so just I want people to remember what happened in East Palestine. You can't forget what happened to the people. About 50 cars of 150 car train derailed around 9 p.m. on February the 3rd in East Palestine, about a quarter mile west of Ohio, Pennsylvania state line, according to the US Environmental Protection Agency. 20 cars contain hazardous materials as we know. We know that they set those materials on fire, including vinyl chloride, you know, et cetera, et cetera. You all remember that and the EPA said with some cars catching fire and some cars spilled their loads into an adjacent ditch. We know that they set this those chemicals on fire, black cloud emerged and the people of East Palestine have not been safe or the same since. People in that community, they are still suffering. Let us not forget this. So I'm sure every time they hear about a train derailment, you know, it, it, it says it, it's triggering. And for it to be so close to their community is constant, constantly triggering. But let's take a look at what some of the residents are saying about what they're going through right now. I had breathed in chemicals and I had a raw rash all over my lips that took about three weeks to get rid of. Just recently, like when it rains, my basement floods with chemicals and my nose starts gushing blood. I choke on it, it's terrible. And my house hasn't even been tested. It's not in priority for Norfolk Southern, but I'm getting sick every single day, whether it be a cough, a bloody nose. Just fatigued, I mean, it's terrible. And still to this point, it's still still affecting you in that way. Yes, and it's just been getting like progressively worse for me. Um, like my cough, my allergies, my nosebleeds. Like at first it was like one nosebleed here and there, and now it's constant. Like I have to worry about what I'm wearing because I'm scared I'm gonna get blood on my shirt. <laughs> Yeah, that video, thank you Status Cool, who has been doing a yeoman's job. They are down there on a regular basis, constantly telling the story of the residents of East Palestine. So Mayor, we, we see this resident telling the story about what she's suffering. And what stuck out for me, I mean, everything that she said is, is very chilling. But when she said that her house has not been inspected because it's not on the priority list for Norfolk. Well, her home and the homes of every resident in East Palestine should be on the priority list of the federal government and the state of Ohio. Yeah, we talked about this on this very show a couple months ago about how the fact that their their definition of what they need to check was designed by that company. And apparently she's one of those people who are feeling the effects of the negative effects of what happens when the cameras leave and big business pay their small fine and continue to kill or potentially kill people when they when they have business practice like Norfolk Southern. This is absolutely disgusting. I, I feel so sad listening to this person talk about um, they don't even know what they can and can't wear out of their own wardrobe because of the fear that they may start bleeding. Um, what what a horrible existence just from living near a train track. And nobody should have to live this way. And those multi multi millionaires to billionaires, they living it up. Their family don't don't their family their families do not have to endure with that young woman just share with us and just multiply that. So again, the federal government is failing these residents. They control the keys. The Department of the Transportation Secretary failing. They are failing them. The state of Ohio, Governor Dewine, you're failing the people of East Palestine. They deserve better, and they deserve this to be treated like a nine one one 
because it is a 911 because they got to live this every single day, every day. We are going to keep you posted on this story. We're not letting go. All right, wrap your minds around everything that you've heard thus far on the show. We look forward to reading your comments when we come back. And welcome back to the show. Before we get to viewer comments, got a few live reads for you. Membership, now y'all know membership has its privileges. We need you to become a member of TYT. You have to support this independent journalism. You're getting this information from folks that can't be bought or sold. That is indeed a beautiful thing. You get the damage report with John Indisputable with Dr. Rashad Ritchie. Unboss with yours truly. The watch list with J.R. Jackson, the Young Turks with Anna and Jink. And then you get some bonus episodes too. So do that, will you? Help us continue to be an independent media source by becoming a member. We need you, baby. We need you. And you can catch Dr. Richie not just on his show, but you can catch him on Sirius XM Urban View. Listen to the Rashad Richie Review. That's on Sundays at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time. Oh, you can get a whole lot of the doctor. You ain't just gotta wait for him to be on his show on TYT. And the progress report. Now, if you want a newsletter to hit your email box every morning and get the progressive report, progressive news and inspiration every weekday morning, go ahead and put your phone up to that Q code and get the progress report. You don't want to miss it. And if you have not checked out Unbossed, via podcast, do that. You can get us, you can get us on video on demand. You also can get us via podcast wherever you get your podcast. Now on to my absolute favorite part of the show. We're gonna start with TYT members. We got Biden flavor corn pop. <laughs> hey BFC, so glad you in, you made you made it in the queue. Manslaughter is number two behind murder one, right? Make a good point. I think the mayor was making a similar point. Mickey C, the silver haired dragon. Hey, Mickey C, I'm accustomed to having you coming in contact with you when I'm with John. Yes, mayor. I like that. A Marine is a trained murderer. So you got Mickey C agreeing with what you had to say, mayor. And on Twitch, Ayana. Thank you and happy Mother's Day. Everyone have a great weekend. Thank you for that. Yes, happy Mother's Day to the mothers out there. And yes, everybody, we want to have a good weekend. And who's next? Imagine if Jordan had had universal health care and TikTok, he'd be a millionaire instead of this. Wow, what a great point. Our country is so messed up. Can't believe how talented this person was and just didn't have the tools. Where is our humanity? A really great question and great statements too. Sassy McSass Dragon, the Dragon Squad is in full effect on on Boss today. I was just saying about the same thing, force mental mental institutions. I was just saying the same thing, and Mayor, this is towards you. Force mental institutions is not the not solving a problem; it's hiding the end result of an unsolved problem. We need to guarantee mental and physical health care, housing, and food. Imagine what we could do. If those things were guaranteed, wow, imagine indeed. And Divolver, 
you would be surprised how generous and kind many of the streets really are, especially compared to people who say they are a burden on society. Well, thank you all so very much for your thoughtful comments. The mayor and I really appreciate that. And we appreciate you, each and every one of you. Oh, we going to desanctimonious. Since getting reelected last year, Governor Ron DeSanctimonious has launched a war on woke. Remember this? We fight the woke in the legislature. We fight the woke in the schools. We fight the woke in the corporations. We will never ever surrender to the woke mob. Florida is where woke goes to die. Lord have mercy on all our souls. Now between battles with Disney, you know, this is the dude who want to box with Mickey and Minnie. And his ongoing war on education, specifically targeting black history and current events. DeSantis has launched an all out campaign against what he calls wokeness. Now, you know, on this show, we explained to you that the whole notion of wokeness was co-opted by neoliberal white folks and made into something that it was not supposed to be. It was a language within the black community about being aware, keeping your head on the swivel, that kind of thing. It was an awareness thing within the black community until some folks took it and now look what happened to it. Unfortunately though, for this particular governor, as he has just totally, totally declared war on wokeness, a new survey indicates, I mean the faux wokeness, because maybe that's what I gotta call it, faux. Because that was not the original intent of it. I, I gotta say this, because people need to understand that word. It was co-opted. It was never meant to be used in the way that neoliberal whites decided uh, to to use it. But unfortunately now, but for this governor though, even even this faux wokeness campaign he has is ice cold. A new Yahoo. YouGov poll shows that most Americans care far less about the so-called war on woke than Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, who has aimed to make his ongoing battle with the Walt Disney Company over LGBTQ plus issues a centerpiece of his likely campaign for the 2024 Republican presidential nomination. It goes on, the survey of over a thousand, over 1500 I should say, US adults, which was conducted from May 5th to May 8th finds that fewer consider wokeness 41% a big problem in America today than other options provided including inflation it's the economy stupid breaching the debt ceiling 58% and border security 58% now this dude he wouldn't care about it he don't care about the facts he don't care about the facts because he's just playing political games of divide and conquer. That's what this person is doing. And here is the ultimate kicker though for this governor in the great state of Florida. Racism, 50% also, also outranks wokeness as do new abortion restrictions at 46% and book banning in schools at 47%. So Governor Ron DeSantis is way off the mark and the American people are saying so. And this is not the only polling DeSantis has to worry about, especially if he wants to be the GOP nominee, God forbid it, for president in 2024. Because President Donald J. Trump has him beat big time 
at this moment, a morning consult poll of over 3,000 people. A potential Republican primary voters showed Trump leading DeSantis in a hypothetical GOP primary race by 60% to 19%, with no other Republican hitting double digits. The survey was conducted between May 5th and May 7th and published on May 9th. This reporting according to Newsweek. So, Mayor, we have a situation where the wokeness, it ain't, ain't no, that dog don't hunt, as they say in the country. It ain't getting nowhere in this country. The majority of those Americans that were polled, not really even on their radar as compared to other more pressing matters. And he can't even beat Donald J. Trump in a primary matchup. Yeah, listen, let's 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 be clear. First of all, if I was Disney, and I'm not in the business to give Disney legal advice, but if I was Disney, I would sue Donald, I mean uh DeSantis for being goofy. <laughs> <laughs> like seriously, because cease and desist. Because that's all he is. He's this this guy's a, a, a weird, quirky politician who knows he is his his star is gonna burn out sooner than he would like. This idea that I can attack wokeness is tied to his anti-black behavior, and that's all it is. You gave a wonderful history about us on this show and also the word of woke. We know that this came first in pop culture from you know Ledbetter, and if you know anything, right. about, if you don't think about blues, you know about Ledbetter, who wrote a song about the Scottsboro Boys, who were nine boys in Arkansas who were wrongfully convicted or not convicted. I'm sorry, what they weren't convicted. No, they were Oh, they're yeah. wrongfully accused and wrongfully convicted. Right, of raping, of raping yeah. two white women, and then they were, it was absolutely overturned. And he wrote a song about stay woke. And at the end of that song, he gave a long meaning of what stay woke was. And that's when it became part of pop culture. And black, like you said, black leaders since then have been telling black people to keep your head on the swivel. Come to on. To be aware to what's happening to our communities, to be awakened from the craziness that is America that tells you you like what's happening to you. So this idea, every time I hear somebody say something about woke, it makes me disgusted because you are dog whistling in the highest level to white racists. You are you are hearkening back to what the Klan said and did to black people um, during, well, forever in this country. And now the police are doing this in some instances. So here's, here's what I would say to uh, Ron DeSantis, you better wake up. <laughs> You better wake up, brother. Seriously, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm being funny and facetious, but in, in all aspects of reality, let's let's be clear. We have a, a flawed candidate who, who won an election because of the failure of the Democratic Party. DeSantis could not have beaten Andrew Gillum who outperformed him. If you look at the Republican primary and the Democratic mm -hmm. primary of that year, Andrew Gillum's campaign was way superior to that. What happened was Gillum got into the general election and did mistake that so many candidates do, especially black candidates. They turned their entire field apparatus over to the state party, the national party, and they let them run their field program as a coordinated campaign. Coordinated campaigns win sometimes for Democrats if they are white, but never for black people statewide. When we continue to turn our campaigns over to these white politicians from DC and consultants from throughout the state, we lose elections. This is why Sherry Beasley lost. This is why Stacey Abrams lost. We cannot, we cannot allow these white consultants to, to man the helm of these races when we know we need to be talking to our people. Prime example, and I know I'm going long, but let me finish real quick. What the prime example says is we had Democratic Party that didn't even believe they needed paper or letters or door hangers in Haitian, in Creole in Broward County. Broward County has more Haitians anywhere than other than Haiti. 
So the black people in Broward County are black Americans, absolutely, but they are of Haitian and Jamaican descent and you had no language to speak to their needs. And because of that, we lost so many, a drop off of black voters in that county was enough to make Dan, Ron DeSantis a governor. He ain't win a race because he outperformed Andrew Gillum. It's a failure of the party. And we keep talking about the lack of failure and the lack of blackness. The, the, the fact the Democratic Party was sleep on that campaign is how he won an election. Yeah, and the man has been a disaster for the state of Florida and is going to be a disaster for this country. He must never become president of the United States. And thanks for breaking that down, Mayor. You've been on the ground in several states across this country trying to galvanize and push black voters, in particular black men, to get out there and vote. But it's getting harder and harder to do that because what are we telling them to vote for? It's, it's just, I'm telling you, it's just something else, but we gonna, we keep pushing. And in another move Tuesday, DeSantis signed a mandate for Asian Americans and Pacific Islander history to be in K through 12 curriculum. The general education bill, which includes other new requirements in the sector will specifically require the teaching of the incarceration of Japanese Americans during World War II, the immigration, citizenship, civil rights, identity and culture of AAPIs and the group's contributions to American society. Now there would be nothing wrong with this whatsoever. I mean, I want people to learn the history. If DeSantis was willing to give the same respect to the black, to black history. And we all know how he feels about that. This headline from February of this year, Ron DeSantis is erasing black history from Florida schools. The governor opened Black History Month by announcing plans to ban funding for diversity programs at state colleges. And Bishop Talbert Swan pointed out the blatant hypocrisy and anti-blackness in his tweet. So they banned black history, erroneously calling it critical race theory, which it is not. But mandate Asian American and Pacific Islander history. What more proof do you need that this has always been about anti-black racism? Mayor, any final thoughts? I, I'm I'm pissed off. I. I our, listen, even our AAPI brothers and sisters who see the world like we see the world. You cannot be happy. You should not be celebrating this because this, there is no forward movement at when it comes at the expense of anybody that's a part of this coalition, right? You cannot tell me that I'm gonna do something for black people and leave LGBTQI people out. I don't, that, that makes no sense to me. I'm not safe in that space because it's gonna be what day will you come for me? I am upset as hell. This just spits in the face of every black Floridian especially when we see so many tactics by this man to show black people, I don't want you here. You are not a part of the people I'm trying to protect. Florida is not safe for black people. And this governor, Uncle Luke told us a long time ago, but this governor is showing us legislatively by signing these bills in order. I am disgusted by what's happening in Florida right now. And if I was a black person in Florida, I would definitely be trying to recall every legislator, or especially if I lived in their district that voted or, or, or supported this legislation. This is disgusting. Not that AAPI history should not be taught, but in the context, we need context. And the That's context right. says we will support AAPI history, but you Negroes need to get gone. That's it, in the context, that's it. And Florida, I mean, I, I just, I mean, for Florida to be the sunshine state, it's certainly bringing a whole lot of gloom and doom. 
this this man got, I mean, he has got to go. He's got to be stopped. Because imagine he's doing all this in the state of Florida. Can you imagine what would happen if this man actually became the president of the United States of America? This is a this this tactic that he is deploying is as old as time. It's called divide and conquer. Right. And it's 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 the roots of it, especially when it comes to black people, have always putting us always on the bottom of everybody else and making it seem as though there is some type of competition to be had and it shouldn't be that way. Again, AAPI history definitely teach it, teach it. Teach African American or black history as well. Teach the history of this country, period, straight up. But this is divide and conquer, don't y'all fall for the banana in the tailpipe, please don't do it. Education second, speaking of teaching and education. Education Secretary Miguel Cardona is ready for people to repay their student loan debt. And is making me say or ask the question, WTF, neoliberal. We will now kneel. Miss Cinema, Miss Cinema, no. You have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black. With COVID emergency declaration ending yesterday, Secretary Cardona, I mean, they couldn't even wait. I mean, the word came down even yesterday, but here we are. It ended yesterday. Secretary Cardona and the Biden administration are saying it's time to pay up this headline. Biden's education secretary confirms the process of resuming student loan payments will start no later than June the 30th. The emergency period is over. I mean, I just want to rest right here for a minute. Skip, put the mayor back up. The emergency is over for whom? Like, that's that's the question. I want to know, and I want to know if Secretary Cadona and President Biden and others in his administration have they went to the hoods in this country, suburban, urban, or rural hoods, and asked the big mamas and big papas and their children and their children's children whether or not the emergency is over in their lives. I mean, the nerve of these people, and I'm feeling my grandma moment coming, mo nerves in the brass ass monkey. The nerve of these people who are in the bubble to say that the emergency, I mean, just so cavalierly too about it, the emergency is over. The emergency is not over, and I just for the life, these people are supposed to be public servants. But they are not, they serve the interests of private corporations over the everyday people in this country who they have shown heretofore that they are not willing to go to the mat, to take it to the hole, to go in the end zone for the American people. Now, I mean, maybe I'm overreacting. Ain't no way, you know you're not overreacting, it's spot on. Let me tell you something, right now we're in the middle of this focus group with black men around the country. We broaden it to more than our 17 states. And right now, right now, 81.1% of black men in this country feel like, that we poll, feel like America does not care about black men. The same number almost, 77% of black men feel like black politicians aren't speaking for issues that they care about. When I hear the emergency over, I'm reminded that you're talking to a base that does not look like my face. You're talking to and about people, like you said, moneyed interests feel like, okay, yeah, we can get back to paying our bills because their life is back on track. Well, the problem is back on track is not a real existence. When I hear Donald Trump say, make America great again, it's the same thing as me hearing the emergency is over. It ain't never been over because it ain't never stopped. We are on fire, we're putting out fires all around our lives trying to walk, just just to walk. 
just to walk with our head straight. And I think it is absolutely disgusting for anybody to be talking about. I thought they were gonna put out a special announcement saying there ain't no student debt in this country anymore. This oh, is the, they did the exact opposite flip. Talk about not reading the tea leaves. They they got a president who just reannounced his his candidacy and don't even know how to speak to his base. Actually, work against his base. This is why Democrats continue to lose. This is a policy that is easy and is popular and it is just we shouldn't be paying what we pay for college. If you look at the growth in the cost of college over the last 30 years compared to the growth, sorry, the lack of growth in income and wages, it is it is ridiculous that people are paying more to get educated to do the same job they've been doing. It is ridiculous and they and these people don't have any ability to see what's going on because they're blinded by consultant talk, polls of regular voters, but not regular Americans, not people who are sitting out and dying because they're trying to live. That's it, man. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. And the owner donors, that's who they answering to. What is the what is the rush? People were already suffering before the pandemic. The pandemic is not over. It might not be being talked about as intensely, but it's not over. We got new strains developing and reported all the time. People are still dying. You got inflation out of control in this country. I mean, the poll that we just talked about in the other segment. 74% of those people poll care about inflation. It's the economy. People are suffering. But just to have that cold, you know what? They they gonna lose. I mean, I'm making a prediction. If they don't reverse course, let me frame it that way. If they do not reverse course, this telling voters to shut up and sit down and Trump is the boogeyman and all of it, it ain't gonna work this time. It worked in 2020, it's not gonna work in 2024. And you know what, man? In the same way that you said that the Democratic Party is responsible for DeSantis being the governor of Florida. They responsible for Trump winning in 2016 and they may be responsible for that man winning again or far worse, DeSantis. So they need to act like, you know, they always going to the voters and asking the voters, this is the most important election in your lifetime. The other side is worse. You know, the world is gonna come crashing down. Why don't they comport themselves like they understand that the world is gonna come tumbling down? They wanna put the onus always on the voters of this country to comport themselves that way. I mean, they sending money all over. You know, I saw a recent tweet from Marianne Williamson with some data that shows that we the biggest arms dealers in the world, in the world. But y'all ain't got no money for the hoods in this country. And I'm talking about urban, rural, suburban. Man, it's enough to make your head explode. So this education secretary, we know what he said. He testified before the Senate. Skip, let's put some of this up, I'm going fast. On Thursday, education secretary Miguel Cardona testified before the Senate Appropriations Committee on his budget request and plans for the upcoming fiscal year. With Biden's plan to cancel up to 20,000 in student debt in limbo. The, sh- the shit is in limbo and awaiting a final decision from the Supreme Court because they plan, they plan, they not playing defense. They knew this was coming. They know the configuration of the court, man, they know the court. Some lawmakers asked Cadona what the year ahead will look like for borrowers. And he know it's gonna be hard for borrowers. This, 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 I mean, it makes you in light of the conservative backed lawsuits 
that paused the broad debt relief. Biden extended the student loan payment pause through 60 days after June 30th or 60 days after the Supreme Court issues its final decision. That was the eighth extension of the pause and Cardona confirmed that it would be the last. You know what? It's a shame. I mean, it really is a shame that in this hegemonic nation, first of all, colleges and universities were not always this expensive. You talk to some elders who went, they will tell you some of them went for free or went for nearly no money, very little money to get an education. And for this man with a straight face to say that this may be the last, they knew the configuration of the court. This this president doesn't believe in expanding the court because that's that was an option for them to do in the 117th Congress. They didn't even do that. They not even fighting. They not even pretending to fight for the American people. And it's a shame because I believe that America deserves better. You know what? Forget what else Cardona had to say. This is going to wreak havoc, America, on millions of people in this country. And so I want to quickly get to the heart of the issue of this nonsense by this administration and this Senate for declaring the COVID emergency over. The reality is the virus is still wreaking havoc on millions. We talked about that and there are still those who are grieving loved ones who died because of it. This headline right here, families of those lost to COVID wrestle with mixed emotions as emergency ends. More than 1.1 million Americans have died of COVID. An official end to the health emergency has landed in complicated ways for those affected most acutely. Mayor. They, they act as if educating education is the great equalizer. In 1963, that ain't, that ain't too far long ago, a, a year of college, the average cost was about $4,000. $4,000, find a college right now where you can go to school for that tuition. You, it's, it, you will be hard pressed. And I think this idea that people need to understand that. So all of these people that are you know, at 18 or 20 years um, to 1963 or subtracted, those people that were in college, now all these people that are living in middle class or elected officials, all of them that benefited from this $4,000 tuition is comfortable charging people almost four or five times that per year. It is, it is more expensive to be American now than it ever has been. And then we have a, a, a administration that's supposed to be on the side of the worker that is looking like they only care about those donors that you're talking about, those owner donors. The people interests are not being supported by this administration, I can't care less. It is impossible to make the case to voters that this administration has been supporting workers when you say silly stuff like it's over. The emergency isn't over. Smallpox emergency is over. The last case was 1977, that's eradicated. That is not the case with this emergency, it is not. People are still suffering, not yeah. just from the disease itself, but the, from the, the effects of it. Loss of family members, this is absolutely re, re, beyond ridiculous for this party and this administration to be proposing this at this moment. It really is, and I mean, they definitely, and, and talk about the Republicans, let's talk about them because they don't give a damn either. But to see a Democratic administration do this, it is really, really disheartening. Team, let's just go to the hero, because the mayor and I probably ain't got about four minutes left in show, four minutes. There is a hero out there, and I'm sure many of you have heard and seen this, but this just meant so much to me. I, we want to end the week on a good story. A California man is being praised after saving a baby in a stroller from veering into oncoming traffic. Skip, I hope you ready because I skipped the other segments. Let's play this right here. 
And this is the footage of it. And I want you all to watch this. If you are not watching, a person got out the car, lost the baby stroller, and the stroller is easing its way into oncoming, show enough traffic. And this man runs out to save the day. The mother, they couldn't even get up off the ground to go get that baby. Can you even imagine for those of you who are viewing this? I mean, my heart skips beats every time I see this video. Man saves baby in stroller from rolling into traffic after woman falls and can't get up. Security footage from the scene shows the good Samaritan jumping into action just in the nick of time as the stroller rolls down a driveway into a extraordinarily busy road. A woman was unloading her car as you were able to see if you were watching it of the A1 hand car wash in Hisperina Rilla uh, uh, earlier this week when the stroller began rolling backwards towards the busy roadway according to CW affiliate KTLA and ABC affiliate KABC TV inside was her great Nephew, so heavy winds. I mean, this 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 could have been just an ultimate uh, an ultimate disaster, Mayor. I don't even want to think about it because it makes my heart hurt. Listen, not to take away from his hero story because that is that is a wonderful uh, story that he was able to get there and help him. But I can't help. This is the politician in me. I can't help but look at this video and see America. This woman is being mm. tripped not by her pants, but by the government. The government role should be what that man role was to go stop people from people that are trying to live their lives. Both of her car doors are open. That's life. That's life happening. She's helping another family member because it's a great nephew. And the government is supposed to play the role of keeping you out of danger highways, dangerous highways. Instead, they're playing the role of those genes that continue to trip this woman as she continually try to get up. This administration is those pair of genes that continue to trip poor people as we try to get up. But the hero was great. Don't let don't let me take away from that. Yeah, no, I mean, hey, you did an analogy on that one, Mary. The hero was great. Let's put up his picture. You know, since that's what government should be doing is exactly what he was able to do. That's Ron Nespin. That was him. He said, I wouldn't be able to live with myself if I did nothing. I was just thankful I was at the right place at the right time. You talk about a guardian angel, baby, Ron. You were that babies and that and that great aunts. You were their guardian angels, and we need more like that. And to the mayor's analogy, he's absolutely right. The government should do what Nesman did and come on out and save some people in this country instead of their owner donors. Well, that is our time today, Mayor. As always, it's always great to have you here on the Mayor Robinson Fridays. I appreciate you so much. And again, to all the mothers out there and people who fill the roles of mothers, there's nothing quite like a mama. I call it the mama spirit and everybody don't have it. And you don't necessarily have to be a birth mother. If you got the mama spirit, happy Mother's Day to you. And you all know what we want you to do about this time. Keep the faith always, always, but more importantly, keep the fight until next time. Thanks for listening to Unbossed. If you like the show, then you'll enjoy our other podcasts on TYT Network like The Damage Report with John Iderola, Indisputable with Dr. Rashad Ritchie, and The Young Turks. Make sure to listen and follow, and if you like what you hear, give us a five-star rating.